will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. That's right, Bruce. We're back. Episode 29, Life After Addiction. I'm Adam Comer. That's Bruce Stanley. Did you say 29? 20 y nueve. Wow, that is awesome. I think that's 29 in Spanish. <laughs> yeah, awesome. 29 episodes, uh, and we are in the second to last principle. We're in this series on the podcast. The last five uh, episodes have been about the Lost and Found Recovering Christ curriculum, but it's actually not about that. It's about... Uh, the Bible. It's about what the Bible says in Second Peter chapter 1, and we use that curriculum at S2L Recovery, and we've been breaking down each of these things that God tells us to add to our faith or supplement our faith with, and man, I've loved this series, man. What about you? I mean, I think it's been awesome. Yeah. I've had great feedback from it. I've heard people talking about, wow, that really uh, opened some things up. So we are at principle six today, and let me, let me start it. Let me lead us in here. You ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. You better believe it. <laughs> All right, so Second Peter, we've read this every time. So dial in. This is your first time. This is what we're talking about. This is why we're talking about it. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and on says this, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. Gosh, that just, man, what incredible stuff there. By which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them, through God's promises, through them, you may become partakers of divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. And every week, I can't help it, I can't help it, but I always stop right here. Because if you knew the desires, if you have battled an addiction of any kind, you know that hook that's in you and that desire that causes you to do things you never thought you would do, go further than you ever thought you would go, and man, you can't even explain it. There's no words. There's no vocabulary that can make someone understand that didn't know that desire. And what did the Bible just say, Bruce? We can we, escape it. We can escape it, man. And the world tells you you can't. The world tells you you're always going to be. The, man, we're just getting started going down rabbit trails. <laughs> Let me keep going. Through them, you may become partakers of divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. Verse 5 says this, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith or add to your faith virtue. We talked about that week one. Goodness. And with virtue, with knowledge, and with knowledge, with self-control, and with self-control, with steadfastness, and with steadfastness, with godliness. Godliness, Bruce, we talked about last week. And with godliness, with brotherly affection, our mutual affection. Mm -hmm. That's what we're going to talk about today. Mutual affection, brotherly affection. Bruce, lead us in. Yes, sir. Uh, man, obviously the way that it's written uh we can we can understand that God wants us to do this in sequential order uh so it's repeating itself it's saying add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and from knowledge self control to self control uh perseverance and so we we get this feeling that God is asking us to grow in this manner yeah and and but it's also cyclical meaning we're going to repeat these things over and over again until the day we die. And this is basically the growth model of sanctification. So God's asking us to be sanctified. And so one point I always like to make in this is that there's a coming to salvation that is based on faith and faith alone. There's no adding to That's right. that. That's right. What God is telling us here is add to that faith in the form of sanctification to mature as a Christian, to be strengthened from, you know, 
strength to strength, from uh, glory to glory, from iron sharpens iron, you know, all these things that God asks us to do in, in our growth. Um, and really, this is just what we teach the guys who come into our program, because uh, I, I think in general, just in Christianity worldwide, I think it's, you know, the biggest tragedy that I feel is out there is that many people come to a salvation, but yet they, they don't grow. They don't become sanctified. They just rest there. And that was never meant to be the plan. Um, so as we, we study number six here, which is mutual affection, I like to outline it like this. So the last one, six and seven, is kind of like if you see the picture of the cross, right? So you get this vertical and you got this horizontal uh aspect of the cross. And yeah. so principle six here, loving each other is the horizontal aspect. So we have two relationships that God calls us to the horizontal one with each other and the vertical one with himself. And so here we're, we're speaking about the horizontal relationship. And I always like to start out with this one verse. Yeah. Let me say this. There is actually a really cool visual of this on our website. S the number two L recovery.org. Go to the resources or no, I think there's a curriculum link. Click on the curriculum link, and there's actually a good illustration uh, picture that Bruce created that kind of really kind of puts this in your mind. But, yeah, go check that out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so this comes from Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 39. Uh, and he said to him, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. And some translations will say, like into or like it, uh, love your neighbor as yourself. So this is the two greatest commandments. In fact, the very next verse, verse 40 says, all the commandments can be summed up under these two things. Yeah. And so God is holding us to this type of love with each other as much as it is with the love with himself. In fact, in First John chapter 20, uh, 420, First John 4.20, it says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. And so, man, all it takes, Adam, is for you to look out there in the world and see <clears throat> how this is not happening Many people who say they love God with all their heart, all mind and soul, but they but they chastise their brother and sister, they their neighbor, as the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. Um and so loving your neighbor as yourself, this is the point which I want to just kind of leap off from here. Because I think without a doubt, the the, the hardest human thing to do is to love something more than yourself. Yeah, because of the fallen world, because of inherited sin, we in, innately love ourselves more than we do anything else. Yeah, and it's all about us. It's what we need. In fact, it was the very first sin in the garden in Genesis chapter three when Satan came up and tempted Eve and said, uh, "Well, that's not really what God says because God knows if you if you eat of that fruit, then you'll you'll have everything that He has in terms of wisdom and knowledge, and you'll be like God." And it was that temptation, oh, I can be like God, right? I can be God. Yeah. And so that very first sin is what we still struggle with today, mm-hmm. um, deep down in our soul. Um, it's hard for us to love something 
more than ourselves. And that's the way the, that's the reason why the Bible said it that way. Love your neighbor as yourself. God knows that we struggle with this, right? So he's putting it in context of, you know, I know you love yourself, but you've got to love other people as much as yeah. that. Yeah. I love the key word. And again, the key word is something that Bruce has uh, created to kind of point us, make us understand, and give us a, maybe a practical keyword that goes along with the biblical principle. Bruce has added this to it, and it really helps you process it. The key word for mutual affection or brotherly affection is give. Uh, hey, do the rundown of the first five keywords. Do you, do you have that? Yeah, the first, the five first is for- trust. Uh, which is uh, godly or goodness, goodness, virtue. The second is truth, which is knowledge and wisdom. The third is turn, which is self-control. We have no control. We have to turn to God for that. Uh, the fourth one is focus because it's about endurance, perseverance. Yeah. Um, and the fifth one is about um, godliness. So it has to do with identity, and so it's about new. Yeah. New is the keyword for that. And the key word for this is give, give. because that's crazy. We, we, in order for us to love our neighbor, we have to give something up of ourselves. Hey, let me do a let me do a little plug for a couple episodes ago. The episode we did on endurance or steadfastness mm. is almost like since that episode, I've had numerous people talking to me about their endurance and needing. And I just like will copy and paste the link to the episode. <laughs> Go check that episode out if you haven't heard it. What a great episode! Yeah, I mean, for for guys struggling with addiction, I mean, that's the that's the one hurdle that most of us don't ever seem to get over is endurance. You know, we we go we go for a little while and we, and everything is okay, and then we slip back and just this repeated relapse over and over again. There's no endurance there, and so that one was key for me in my recovery, especially. Um, okay, so from here, what I wanted to say was um, this verse in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. It says. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. So again, there's this reference to the cross, right? So it's it's the horizontal and it's the vertical, vertical relationship that God calls us to um, in our relationship with Him and with each other. And so picking up, you know, turn from your selfish ways, pick up your cross. It basically saying is if, if you want to follow me, this is where you've got to start. Obviously, it starts with the salvation, a surrender of yourself to God being, you know, your Lord and your boss and you abiding in the things he's asking you to do. But as we go out and we start to be sanctified and live our life, um, we still must traverse through this world. And I, I don't want to just kind of say this as it's the easiest thing to do. Like the words that we're saying and the verses we're speaking as if, oh, yeah, this is this is easy, God calls us to this and we, we should just do it. It's no problem, right? Uh, because let's just face the facts. I mean, there's some people in this world that are really hard to love. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And some of them are really close to us. And, and they could be family members even. Yeah. Um, and so what God's calling us to in this is to have a different perspective. Hmm. Have a different perspective of what love is. And I always like to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The love chapter. The love chapter. Yeah. Because God clearly defines what love is there. And what God is trying to do in that, this is the way God loves us, by the way. Chapter 13 uh, is is the definitions of love according to God. God calls us to love this way, but we don't know how to love that way. That's the way God loves us. And he's asking us to make every effort to love that way. And so we have this perspective of what love looks like that we can't really grasp or understand. 
one of those loves is that God, God keeps no record of our wrong. Man, that's a really tough one, isn't it, Adam? That we can forgive people, but, and I've heard people say, you know, I can forgive, but I'll never forget. And, and God says, man, he forgets our wrongs, right? Like, that's really hard. He's not keeping a record of this list of things. And, and you know somebody in your life right now who will never let you forget some of the things that you've done. But that's not the way God loves us. And so God's asking us to love in that way. God also disciplines us, and he actually allows atrocities in this life that we can't understand why God's doing these things, but we also know the Bible tells us that God does everything for our good and for his glory. And so some of that stuff is like hard to swallow when we see it, right? Um, and so I just want to put that out there because, you know, talking like this isn't something that just natural, comes natural for us. We have to actually step out of our comfort zone and that's why the key word is give. We've got to give something of ourselves. Yeah, listen to this. Imagine trying to love this way. So God demonstrates, in Romans 5, 8, I believe, God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ mm-hmm. died for us. Could you imagine being an your utter em- enemy? I mean, you know, as humans, we have some stories, and I, I want to say that I would die for my son or my wife or my daughter. I would die for people like that. But someone who is my enemy, who spits in my face, who blasphemes me, who does all this stuff, I'm not going to die for that person. And if that's God's love being demonstrated, Lord, help, right? <laughs> yeah. And in fact, it says in, uh, I believe it's First John. I know, it was, I know John is the author when he says um, that, that there, there is no love greater than this, that one would wow. die for his friends. Wow. And obviously this is a picture of what Jesus did for us and that we would do that for each other. Um, it's not a self-righteous thing. See, mm-hmm. this is the problem that Jesus had with the religious leaders of his time was that they practiced this love of God, but yet they had no compassion, no mercy, no grace for anybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's why, I mean, you look at the seven woes yeah. when he's speaking to this, these religious leaders, um, I mean, that's the, that's the thing that he had the biggest um, problem with them about was you say you love God, but you don't love. You, you have no uh, compassion for anybody. Yeah. In fact, you've made up so many other laws to burden them so much more so that they can't be like you, uh, so that you can separate yourself and that you haven't shared the gospel with anybody. You've kept it to yourself. It's like, again, he, he's addressing this very thing um, that he had with the religious leaders with us and asking us not to do that, yeah. but to do the opposite of that. Man, I have a, I have a, suck, uh, circ, what is that? circumcision. <laughs> I have a, TMI, man. I have a supplemental verse that I was wanting to talk about. And there's like a major point because as, as Bruce mentioned, the, the seventh principle is love. This is mutual affection, brotherly affection. It's really easy to kind of cross-pollinate those and think that we're kind of talking about the same thing. And you've been in Matthew a lot, and I found this in Matthew, Matthew 25. Uh, and it says this. Let's see, Matthew chapter 25. Um, where was I at? Where was I at? Uh, it talks about... Uh, it, anyways, I can't, I can't pull it up and find it, but it talks about you, you clothe me... Uh, you visited me in prison. Me in prison. You uh, fed me. Fed me. You loved me. And and the people's responses was, "Oh, here it is." 
Uh, then you'll say uh, to those on the left, uh, for I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, you did not visit me. And their response was this. Then they also say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And he'll answer, truly, I said to you, that when you do this to one of the least of these, you did you did it for me kind of thing, right? Yeah. When you do this for anyone, you're doing it for me. It's like, wow, wow, think about that. And so there's almost a, and I love the key word give. So there's almost an action point or there's almost a, and then here, another one, Hebrews 13, uh, let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Wow. So there's this hospitality, there's these action points. And so with affection, mutual or brotherly affection, there's almost like, hey, you're not just talking the talk like the Pharisees, right? You're not just practicing love. I love the way you yeah. put that. And Jesus calls them whitewashed tombs. There's action points in it. There's action points. There's things that you're doing to whereas, and we'll talk about next week, we'll talk about love, but man, this almost saying, hey, man, walk the walk. Mm-hmm. And then there's other supplemental verses that's like, what good is it if you say, be warm and be well fed and do nothing, right? And yeah. you're just like, and send them back out to the cold. Oh, yeah. thanks for saying it, bro. Right? <laughs> uh, I appreciate your your chords that or vocal chords that move there, but what does that mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, love without action isn't true love, right? And so we can say we love God all we want, but there's no action in how we go about showing that love, then um, is there really true love there? And so when I've mentioned how some people are hard to love in this world, and some of them are really close to us, so we can't escape it. And But I love the way you said it in that... Um, we have to have a different perspective of what that love is. We're we're not loving that person individually per se. Mm. We're loving God by loving that That's person. Right. And so we're treating Jesus just like he said in those verses when he was hungry. So you did it for the least of these. He was pointing to others, not himself. Yeah. But he was saying, but when you did it for them, you were doing it for me. That's good. And so that's how we're able to love people that are hard to love is we can look past the sin, we can look past at what it is that they're doing and love them because they were created by God and God loves them. And so we're giving of ourselves to that person by loving them and actually doing some action within that, whether it's, you know, a gesture of uh, a handshake and I love you, brother. If nobody's told you this today, man, I just want to tell you I love you. Or, you know, I love it sometimes, when, Adam, you're the best at this when we're in restaurants and stuff, and and the waiters or the waitresses that, that come to us, when we get ready to leave or um, or when they're taking our order, right, you always say, well, we're about to pray for a meal and just want to ask if there's something we can pray for you about. And I think that's the most excellent way to approach somebody. It's, it's the least confrontational. It shows, you know, a, a compassion nature up, the, up at the front. So nobody ever gets mad at you for saying that. Right. I mean, they may say, no, I got nothing for you to pray me about. Like, yeah. But nobody gets mad at you for that. But that's like a simple gesture to say, hey, man, I care about you, whatever's troubling you, let me pray for you. Um, and, man, it's these simple things that we can do at the very least for people. Uh, you know what? Something that's just hit me. Uh, one, we're going to lunch today, so you ought to do it today. But there's two examples. I think there's a third. I think there's a third, and I can't pinpoint it, but I know for sure two. 
of this like ultimate selfless love, once Christ on the cross was beaten, ripped apart, spit upon, mocked, the king of the world, right? And forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And boom, gives up his spirit. There's this peace. And the second example is not Jesus, it's Stephen. Yeah. And there's almost this peace that comes of from the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. Clearly, um, Stephen was in this place of led, spirit led. He just gives basically, go read it. It's awesome. He gives like the, from Genesis to now, yeah. right? Use what you did. And he sees heaven open up. So you know he's in, he sees Jesus. So you know the Holy Spirit is comforting him. He knows he's, he's about to be stoned. He is being stoned to death. Meaning, if you don't know what that is, it's not smoking too much weed, then you die. You're not stoned. It's rocks being thrown at you, at your face. Rocks the size of cantaloupes until you're dead. And Stephen says this, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And then it says that he closes his eyes. And you know, as I do, when he closed his eyes, he opened them in heaven, man, with the king of glory. Can you imagine what that love must be? If someone throws a rock at me, yeah. and my response is, forgive them, Father. Whew, yeah. man. Well, I, I can... How much time we got? You're, you're, we're a little over right now, so okay. you can close us out. I'll be quiet. Well, I, I, want, I, I wanted to give you a kind of... In, the, in this workbook, gives you four examples of how you can give. But I, I guess I, I want to say it like this, because Adam, you and I... And a lot of the guys and the staff that work at S12 and the guys that come to it's just broken. Yeah. With a lot of baggage, stuff that they can't even forgive themselves for. Um, and in helping somebody, sometimes you have to do some hard stuff. And, and love, true love is that you're willing to do that, even though it may not be taken in response correctly. Yeah. But you have to do it. And, and it's speaking truth. It's what, you know, some people call tough love. You know, uh, if somebody wants to leave, let's say, against our advice and they're not finishing the program, well, we don't make it easy for them. Yeah. And you know, they get angry at us. Like, why, why won't you give me a ride into town or whatever? And that kind of stuff. And they're like, man, we're not going to enable your bad decision. And people don't understand that. Right. Yeah. Or, or, you know, we have somebody who comes in the program and there's this sin that they're just indifferent to, yeah. and, but they, they're wanting to love God and they're wanting to get closer and they're wanting you know, to walk this path that God's calling to, but yet they're just not willing to give up this one thing. Yeah. And, and being able to speak truth into that person's life and confront them in, in the most loving, gentle, kind way we can, right? It's not yeah. a defamatory, it's not a belittling, it's not a, a crucifying, it, a con- condemnation, it's a, just a revealing of the truth. We go to Scripture, we tell them what it is, uh, to help them to see that they can't be in denial about that, yeah. and and the backlash we get from that sometimes. Yeah. And Great example of what he's saying is is when you are in agreement with the world about sex. I'm living with my girlfriend, having sex with my girlfriend, and the Bible's clear about not defiling the the marriage bed. I mean, I think it was Hebrews 13. I just read. If you keep reading, mm-hmm. um, but the world says that's silly. No, you don't tell me about my sex, my sexuality. And when we bring that up, hey, man, you're living in a place that's, that God, man, that doesn't honor God. God, God says that that's sin. There's conflict there. 
you know, and they, they think so. That's a great example, I think, right there. Yeah, just tough love, man. And I'll, I'll tell you, for me, and I know it's the same for you, Adam. I mean, we kind of dread those moments, you know. It comes with a lot of prayer before we do it, and and even like in fellowship, talking it out, like how how should I approach this and helping each other do it. It's not just something that just you spew off the side of your mouth and say, "Oh, by the way, you know, you're wrong about this," and kind of, you know, right. because those conversations are hard, yeah, and man. very hard. And and you have built a relationship with someone where you that are trusting you, and then this is when you lay it down. It's not something you do right at the beginning. You know, yeah. you're hoping that they see the truth on their own by speaking the truth in these classes that we do, and all of a sudden the reading assignments that we give them in the Bible, but. If there's no action there, then it comes to this point where they you've built a trust with them. They they look at you for the answers, and then you give them this hard thing to look at. Yeah, man. Can I give an illustration? So once you've kind of lose that, I am God, right? Once you kind of once you do kind of have a heart for people, the easy thing to do, and it feels good, is to bring them the cup of ice water. Here you go, man. I know you're thirsty. The easy thing to do is bring them the food or the blanket. Those are great things, but it makes you feel good too, right? And we're called to do those things. You know what the hard thing to do is? Is is when they're walking towards a cliff, is yelling, hey, bro, you're going towards a cliff, and that's going to kill you. You need to turn from what you're doing. Why is that hard? Because, it's man, it's it's confronting something that someone's doing and telling them that they're doing it wrong. You know what the greatest, you know what not love is? Is when they're walking towards a cliff and I'm bringing them a cup of ice water. I hope you're not thirsty. Yeah. You have a good day. Here's some food. Keep on going. If I don't say, a cliff, turn around, then I'm not loving, man. And it is so hard, like you just said. It's so hard to confront someone about that. Well, I like that word confront because I can tell you that in my past life, uh, and God has definitely grown me in in the season that I'm walking with him, is I I was one of the most non-confrontational people. Except for when I was high or drunk, like I love to be confrontational. Yeah. You, know, you had this liquid courage kind of thing, but you know, I just didn't like. I didn't want to be in those situations. You know, they're hard. Nobody really. I think nobody really likes to be confrontational, no. and so we avoid those things almost at all costs. Yeah. Uh, but what God calls us to do in loving each other is when you get to step out there, find the courage that God can give you and only God can give you and ask for him to help you through those things when you do have to confront somebody. Because I'll just say parents and, and people who have loved ones that are suffering from addiction, mm. um, you know, you've got to do hard stuff, stuff that as a parent or a loved one, you know, it's like, man, am, am I going to suffer the consequences of that person not listening or doing the right thing when I when I set up this boundary, or I make the stance to say no, and and the, what might happen after that, and and knowing that you did the right thing, although it feels like the opposite. Yeah, yeah, and and, and not only that, but especially when you're dealing with addiction, man, we used to know, we still know, but we don't act on it. How to make it really sting? You say something to me, I'm going to know what button to push back. And so you've got to know, as a mature believer, you got to know, man, I'm loving you. And just like we can't fully grasp the way that agape love, like you're talking about, we can't fully grasp the way that God loves us. When someone is living in sin, they have this veil. And so they can't fully grasp the way that you're loving them, right? And so, man, tough stuff. Anything you want to add, we're we're way over. But what a great episode, man. No, that's it. Uh, Man, just... 
I encourage everybody to search God's word when it yeah. comes to loving each other because he clearly defines how to do it. Um, and chapter 13 of First uh, Corinthians is a great place to start in understanding what that love looks like. Yeah. And the key word give, I want to challenge everyone today, whatever time, if you're listening to this right before you're going to bed, do it in the morning. But whatever opportunity, when, after you hear this, I want to challenge everyone. Have an action point. Go and give. Go and give maybe without even someone knowing that you've given. Go do something for someone without maybe them even knowing you did it with no motive of self-recognition. Yeah, don't tell anybody either. That's it. And just go and just – and maybe maybe you can't do that. Maybe they have to know. Maybe you walk up and say, hey, uh, I wanted to buy you lunch or I brought you a water or just go and do something. Have See someone who's down and yeah, pray for someone. giving isn't always about money. Right. You know? That's right. It's not about purchasing something. It's about your time. That's it's it. It's about your – compassion it's you know an effort that you make towards somebody another human being amen amen that's it life after addiction baby you better believe it life after addiction is a production of s2l recovery if you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast email them to info at spring to life.net that's info at spring the number two life.net And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Sis, if you've experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship, I want you to know that you are loved and seen. I'm Kia Stevens, host of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, and I created my show to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Join me for encouragement, wisdom, and scripture. Just search Hope for Women with Father Wounds on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.